Hello, and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam, your host. This week, I've been chatting to Alwyn O'Till. Alwyn has been involved in tennis in Ireland for a number of years, and recently has started a foundation called the Access Tennis Foundation, which aims to make tennis accessible to as many people as possible around the country, especially those in underprivileged positions. For example, direct provision centres and emergency accommodation, just to name a couple. It really is amazing work that the Access Tennis Foundation is doing. It's in its early days at the moment, and Alwyn has great plans and great visions for how it'll work in the future. I'd encourage you to listen through to the whole episode so you get to hear about all these plans and also about how you can help out a little bit as they as they go on, how you can get involved if you'd like that as well. I think it's a great episode. There's a lot to take from us. And without further ado, here we go. Here is Alwyn O'Till. Alwyn, a big welcome. How Thanks for coming on. And how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And I have to say, I love the wooden racket in the background there. Oh, I see it. Good. Um, Listen, so yeah, the first thing I think we'll just talk about, Alwyn, is I know something that you've been working on for a while, and obviously you'll get, you can give us a lot more details on this, the Access Tennis Foundation. So I guess just start, um, where did this kind of idea come from? How did you kind of get the very, very first couple of steps in, in this kind of project? Yeah, um, the evolution of this is kind of mad. Like we, st- I started as a tennis coach in 2000, and, or sorry, uh, 1997. And one of the first things that I did was build up um, a kind of a, I don't know if you'd call it a business, but I had about 200 students around the county of Sligo between working with Parks Tennis Ireland and various summer schools. And then Sligo Tennis Club allowed me to come in and use the courts and wasn't wasn't so much tennis coaching as a kind of a babysitting service because I was like a, a punt as it was at the time per hour. And the other coaches were serious, qualified coaches who you know knew what they were doing. So, uh, But we built it up and built it up and built it up. And we had 200 or 300 kids really, really happily playing the game. And I suppose I, I tipped off then to college in, in Strawberry Hill in London to do sports science um, and biology. And when I came back at Christmas, having left a list of 280 kids, I think it was, to the club, only four kids were still involved when I came back. So I rang around a lot of the parents and I said, what's going on? They were just like membership fees, coach fees, this, that and whatever. And I just I think it was literally then that I just went, right, there's something wrong with the system here. And tennis needs to be accessible to absolutely everybody. So worked in London for a long time, worked with a company called Will to Win, where I learned an awful lot about schools tennis and an awful lot about different classes of society. We had a club in Regent's Park in central London that had, we had the first city tennis club, I think, in London, which was supposed to be built on a park court. And it was supposed to be about getting people from all sorts of different walks of life into the same situation. And it just, it didn't really work because... The kids from inner city London didn't want to be seen with the people from Primrose Hill and places like that. So it's kind of it's been an amalgamation of all the things that I've learned down through the years. And I suppose my own personal feelings towards the class system and things like that. I just where we are now is I've gotten to the point where I just think everybody should be able to access whatever sport it is that they want to access. And for me, it just happens that I love tennis and I see the benefits of it. And I'll go toe to toe with anybody to say that it can be completely inclusive, but we have to do an awful lot more than work in just clubs. Yeah. So that's where we are now. It's It's gone through a couple of different evolutions of community tennis coach businesses in North Connacht and working for the sports partnership over in Richmond, the Pontems in London and, and lots of different things so yeah 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 so i guess 
from the very early days of your kind of time in tennis it's sort of the ideas were, were kind of there and I guess as you said it kind of maybe there are certain stages of it so recently I guess it was a lot more recently than um, like 1997 when I guess Access Tennis Foundation maybe started to become a thing so when did it be kind of take on that name and take on that kind of shape yeah absolutely so when, I started working it. for Tennis Ireland in 2017 so up until then I'd kind of been self-employed and running community tennis coaching programs and I, you know I kind of wanted to get involved with Tennis Ireland because I feel like the governing body is obviously the best place to grow the sport and we were working very closely on the schools program and everything there was kind of you know following on in the way that you would hope it would follow but I kind of noticed that all of the community venues that I'd started once I stopped doing them nobody did them and that's like 3,000 kids in North Connacht suddenly weren't playing tennis so that was always in the back of my mind while I was working with Tennis Ireland and so in 2020 during COVID we kind of started having conversations and I wanted to do the Access Tennis Foundation and it was kind of just a case of right well what what Tennis Ireland are obviously the governing body and they're in charge of everything tennis in Ireland so what we wanted to do then was just to pick up on the places that maybe Tennis Ireland don't have the resources to deal with so the likes of people in direct provision and the likes of people in you know in emergency accommodation and people in really rural communities where you're never going to be able to get a coach to go out to physically do you know a block of coaching or create a kind of a tennis club so I mean, I suppose we're kind of like the real bottom of the kind of the, the pyramid. And then you've got parks, tennis and schools and Tennis Ireland, then making up the rest of the pyramid, essentially. Yeah. So then, I guess, since that sort of started and, and that kind of was, was your vision, how has how the progress been in terms of setting it up and getting kind of actual tennis stuff started? Torturously slow and painful. Thanks to COVID, as you can imagine, um, the kind of the business model that we have is to go into companies uh, in the corporate world and to have coaches deliver corporate social responsibility days, which means you go in with a wellness package for their company. So it can either be it can be small, medium or large companies and we charge them for the coach to go in. I create a package. The coach goes in. It can be either team building for their teams. It can be on site where we mark out mini tennis courts in the car park or we can hire local community centers, or if there's a club that wants to get involved, we can, you know, form the link between the business and the club. And then the kind of the, the profits that come in from the Corporate Social Responsibility Day are then redirected into what we call our impact fund. So our impact fund is, you know, one-off sessions for people in emergency services, uh, working with people in direct provision to try and get them to follow on in, in the progression path that we, um, but it, you know, the big thing was we weren't able to get into companies and we never wanted this to be a fundraising model because, you know, if you're begging and cap in hand all the time, you just, there's no, there's no sustainability there. So the corporate stuff was knocked on the head and it basically stopped all the progress. We've been piloting a lot of other projects in the background and everything's been going really well. So it's just a case of getting the corporate stuff off the ground now. Having said that, we don't want to be fundraising and capping in hand all the time, but we are about to launch a Kickstarter campaign. So we'll be asking anybody that's involved in tennis in Ireland um, to just share the love. So it's literally just if, if you have a few quid to spare, throw it into our impact fund. If you have a company that would like to do a corporate social wellness day, let us know. If you have skills, if you don't have the money because of COVID, we know that's happened to a lot of people. Perhaps you have a little bit of time that you'd like to volunteer or perhaps you're brilliant on social media because we are rubbish. Lots of different things like that. So that will be the next kind of phase. So it's been slow, but we're ready to go now. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's brilliant. And I'll, I'll try and find some way to get people some 
information on that that they can you know people can get involved in whatever way as you said a few different ways people can get involved so i'll try and make yeah, that we're gonna, easy we're working um, on the website as we speak so hopefully okay that'll yeah. be kind of in the next week or so we'll have that kind of up and ready and the whole kind of package ready to go yeah great great and so yeah i guess the next thing is you know back to kind of the, the tennis side of it so now you have done some tennis as well obviously you're talking about the fundraising kind of the, the, the logistics of it but there has also been some tennis so i guess yeah. talk about the tennis and you mentioned uh what there so tell me a little bit about her story i guess that kind of maybe sums up almost what this is kind of about yeah the, the wasi story is just like something that happened that i didn't expect and it's been brilliant so basically um we applied for a community integration grant um through tennis ireland in 2019 and we got a few quid and we started working with the local direct provision center but you know i mean it, it became pretty apparent that we weren't going to be funneling a lot of new members into the tennis club as a result of it so it kind of it falls between do we have time as development officers to deal with that so we kind of the access tennis foundation once the funding took over i just took it on myself and started volunteering so wasi was one of the first people that i met i don't know if you've ever been in a direct vision center but it can be quite daunting for anybody that's never walked through the doors because i didn't know what i was walking into i had no idea if anybody would have any english but I've just done, I suppose, through my role with the Enjoy Tennis, uh, Enjoy Tennis program, which is the Tennis Ireland. Um, you had Liam on before, so I'm sure everybody knows about that. If they don't, Google Enjoy Tennis. So I kind of felt like even if there was a language barrier there, we'd be able to kind of work through it with all the different skills that we've learned down through the years. And uh, walked into the Direct Vision Centre through our friends in the Sanctuary Runners got us through the door. So... Wasi was the first person I met and she just kind of said, yeah, you're going to teach us tennis. And I said, yeah, you, you're going to get a few people together. Because I'd been through the doors to the reception area about 10 times and nobody would come out. Nobody would talk to me. The guys in the reception were great, but, you know, it, it just wasn't happening. We put up a sign. That didn't work. Yeah. So I'll get a few people. I'll get a few people. So the next week I turned up with a bucket of red balls, mini tennis net. We booked an indoor hall, which is about the size of a half of Babington Court. And we had 12 of the adults from the Direct Vision Centre landed down all rallied by Wasi. And we played and played and played throughout the winter. December 2020 started, it carried on. We were supposed to go outside then in a local primary school, which our secondary school, which happens to have tennis courts right next door to the Direct Vision Centre. And we were all gung-ho ready to go and then COVID hit. So when COVID went on its merry little way and we were able to get back out on the courts, which was like August at that stage, I think, because there were so many restrictions and I, for one, was not going to be the person that walked into a direct provision centre with COVID and give it to 240 people. It's not going to happen. So when we did finally get back out in court, Wasi was like, look, there's a load of kids. I've been playing with them throughout, you know, the whole way through. Can we do some kids sessions? So we combined with Parks Tennis that year and it was excellent. So we had an integrated camp through Parks Tennis and then we had all the adults coming down. And Wasi just helped out. She was there. She'd literally go from door to door in the direct provision centre, putting on socks and shoes with the younger kids walking them over, making sure everybody was safe, got on court, she got really involved. She loves tennis. She just decided that it was her sport. Mm. And she, you know, mm. she was just fabulous, brilliant with the kids. She'd walk them back to the direct provision center. You might have three or four coming in in drips and drabs for an adult session. Next thing, Wasi lands back with like 20 people. She was just phenomenal. So I suppose through COVID, she got accepted into NUIG to do human rights. And yeah, and since then now, she's out of the Direct Vision Centre, living in the community, living in Galway, but didn't know anyone. So I rang up Galway Tennis Club and said, look, it, can we do some sort of a thing here where, I, you know, would you be happy for Wasi to be a member if we were to sort that out? And they said, absolutely no problem. We're an inclusive club. 
everybody is welcome through our doors. So we went in and I kind of happened to mention that she kind of assisted me during the summer with the kids and they are overrun with students at the moment. So she's going to do her coaching. Um, uh, she's going to do the assistant coaching qualification in September when the new one comes out from Tennis Ireland and um, the new play and stay. And in the meantime, she's going to be doing a bit of work in the club, just basically helping out and, and assisting and getting a bit more experience. And I think Alan McCormick of the coach there was on to me today saying he's going to take her under his wing and look after her. that's the dream is just you know someone who you know you meet in a direct vision center and then you know they're, they're doing human rights and getting out there and maybe potentially even becoming a tennis coach and integrating into the club and getting to know people in the community and look at if if Wasi is the only person who has a positive impact as a result of the access tennis foundation although we haven't really started yet <laughs> but if she is then that's enough you know but yeah. There's lots more stories out there to come, I think. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's just an amazing story to hear. And you know, as you kind of said there, that like it, it's it's probably it's it's almost hard to expect that kind of success. I think that's almost kind of like an exceptional story. That's you know you're not going to expect that every couple of months. But like, what what do you see as the vision for the next you know year, couple of years, as it kind of starts to yeah. grow more and you get more and more kind of sessions and programs going around the place? Yeah, so I'm just out of a director's meeting where I've been told to calm down. <laughs> so that's a, a good start. They're doing their job already. Um, I suppose the focus for me is direct vision is great and it's something that we will focus on. But this is about access for absolutely everybody. And, you know, there's a lot of people in a lot of different situations in Ireland that can really benefit in, and, and be impacted by, you know, the Access Tennis Foundation. So. I think the, the key areas that we're looking at this year are kind of rural regeneration. So where tennis doesn't exist, rocking in with our activator program, finding a couple of local activators, um, you know, empowering them to run sessions for people, a, kind of teenagers and adults is the market at the moment. Um, I find that when you're trying to train kids in how to play tennis, you really do need a coach. So in the short term, it's about getting the adults to be able to show the kids how to maybe hit a few balls and bits and pieces like that, but also to show them how to run fun little community um, leagues and things like that. So we have this thing called Insta Tennis, where you literally turn up and in the space of two hours, you can teach absolutely anybody using modified equipment how to score, how to serve, how to rally, serve, rally and score, um, and how to set up leagues and how to keep it going. Um, the emergency centers, anything that we can do that's impactful. We have 45 coaches that have agreed to be ambassadors. And if any of them can even do two hours in an impact session, you know, those aren't really about sustainability. It's more about getting rackets in hands and just taking them away from the situation they're in for an hour and put a smile on their face. Because as we all know, you know, if, if you can hit a few softballs across the net, it is pretty good for the old stress release. So I suppose rural activation, direct provision, and we're really going to try then and work on areas of deprivation. So inner city areas and places like that by working with local kind of authority groups and resource centers and um, anything like that, just to try and try and just make a difference and, and just get things off the ground. So those are our kind of three main objectives now for the next year or so. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's brilliant. And tell me where I know you obviously, as you said, started working for Tennis Ireland in 2017. So how is your are you, is that still going to continue? Are you just kind of more of a access tennis, just kind of being more of a full time? How, how is Tennis Ireland fitting in with all of this for you? 
Yeah, I mean, look at Tennis Ireland is, is the governing body for the sport in Ireland. So Access Tennis hopefully will just be an added arm to Tennis Ireland and potentially in the future, maybe it'll become a part of Tennis Ireland. But yeah. at the moment, it's just the way it is, is, is easier to do it this way. So, yeah, I work part time for Tennis Ireland. The Access Tennis Foundation is kind of an aside. And yeah, hopefully continue to maintain my role with Tennis Ireland and, and amalgamate it all together. And, you know, hopefully in the long term, we'll have a really good grassroots structure, a really good outreach program. I know Parks Tennis are doing absolutely phenomenal work. So that's something that that I think there's there's plenty of scope to grow the whole lot together. And for just, just you know, we're all about tennis in Ireland. That's the main thing. So yeah. well, I guess it might be almost, almost looking at a similar kind of path somewhat to t enjoy tennis, which now is kind of very much a part of Tennis Ireland and won their way. Won kind of, by them, I mean, and kind of would be part of Tennis Ireland. And, and I guess that, that only has to help, right? It can only be good for what, what they're yeah. trying to do and, and the same, same same for access tennis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at the Tennis Foundation over in the UK and they started off as the Cliff Richard Foundation. They found their feet, you know, and, and they became the British Tennis Foundation and now they're amalgamated with the LTA. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just, I guess, on Tennis Ireland and, and the work you do in Tennis Ireland as well, I guess a part of the access tennis is getting more people to kind of expose to tennis as, as possible. And is that sort of a similar sort of goal that you would have within Tennis Ireland? I know you do school tennis, stuff like that. So is that sort of a similar message that you'd kind of be, be at all the time? Yeah, it, it, it all feeds in together. You know, like we talk about this tennis pyramid and you've got you've got Parks Tennis there for kids. It runs in Dublin all year round, but, you know, and Cork. And, you know, as a development officer in Connacht, I'm very focused on looking after my clubs because that's my role, you know, I'm, I'm club development officer. So I look after the Enjoy Tennis program in Connacht. I look after all the clubs in Connacht, leave all the performance stuff to the big boys, you know, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really the bottom of the pyramid and that's where I, I belong and that's where uh, I want to be. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I think we, we do need to really grow the sport in Ireland um, across the board. And I think a bit of joined up thinking can just really absolutely explode kind of the grassroots stuff. So yeah, the schools program then is we've, we've revamped, revamped the schools program. It's um, it's now a fully Tennis Ireland initiative. It's um, called the Club School Link. And what we do is we work with coaches to identify the clubs that will be interested in getting involved with 50 clubs this year. And what we do is we go in and we help the coach and the club to work through a toolkit. So we work through, you know, the smart goals. We work through where the gaps are in their club membership and what they want to achieve. And then we come up with a small little strategy and we go into the local primary and secondary schools and then try and feed kids straight back into the club or into the parks venue if that's, you know, if, if that's an option. So that's that's the schools program. And yeah, it's it's all about grassroots and it's just, you know, it's uh, it's all about participation and you know, then the kind of the development officers, then our role is to kind of ensure that people are then in the clubs and maintained within the clubs and that clubs are doing things that are sustainable, such as we've got the youth program at the moment, which is about trying to make teenagers youth clubs within clubs. So that's something that that is um, is one of our priority mark kind of targets at the moment, because obviously we all know teenagers drop out, they get into junior cert, they have too much study and then they can't, they tend to stay gone. Um, so the schools program will really target transition years and it will target kind of trying to get people back into the sport for the health benefits. I think that's something that we really don't market the sport as well as we could. You know, it is the health, one of the healthiest sports on so many levels, socially, physically, psychologically, emotionally, all the works like. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you think, I guess, from all of the different kind of angles that you come at this, what do you think is are some of the biggest things in terms of growing participation and growing those grassroots levels kind of across the country? What do you see as some of the big things that we can do? 
rackets and hands get rackets and hands we did uh, as the development team we did a session up in um the national sports center there um in abbottstown and we were one of about 40 sports in the main hall and it was just it was come one come all in you come and we had two little mini tennis nets it was every other sport was there the two mm -hmm. tennis courts we had to rotate people on for five minutes and then push them off and take the next people on we had the biggest line all day and the reason for that is tennis if you make it achievable modify the game to red ball I, like for me it's red ball for all to begin with i think that adults it's the tennis express method as well adults should always start mm -hmm. with a red ball and be trained in how to you know, tap close to the net and push when they get a little bit further back and then learn to hit and proper swing at the back of the court. But we should be progressing up through the balls. It shouldn't be, you know, a red ball is for an under eight. That's just my opinion. The ITF might disagree, but anyway. Yeah, so I just think when you see the smiles on the faces and the cues and people leaving the queue, leaving the tennis court and then joining the back of the queue just so they can have another five minutes. I mean, the sport sells itself. If we have pop-up tennis in community centres, in church halls, in schools, you know, out the back of tennis clubs, just put rackets in hands. That will grow the game and yeah. make it accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's brilliant to hear. No, I, I love those kind of stories. And just a couple of last questions, Alman, for you. And I guess firstly, just back kind of to the Access Tennis Foundation. I know you kind of mentioned this before, but just to make it kind of really clear, what are the easiest main things people can do? I guess one is 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 kind of financially, but apart from that, how can people get involved and help out? One of the big things is just sharing the word, you know, letting everybody know that we exist now. Um, we're not going to be able to take on everything that we want to take on because obviously I'm part time at this and the coaches are flooded with work at the moment. Yeah. But we will take on everything that we can. So if anybody is interested or, or, you know, wants to get involved in any way, whether you're an accountant and wants to give us your, your you know, the, a bit of free free hours, if you're, you know, if you're into governance whatever you know just touch base and if you have a company and you want to have a go at some corporate social responsibility days brilliant let us know yeah and really just like and share the facebook page we will get to twitter and instagram at some point but it's not my strong point so there's a social media head out there that wants to give some time as well uh, we greatly appreciate that um yeah that's it obviously when we do our kickstarter campaign do feel free to dig into the pockets and throw a few euros towards this because you know, any money that comes in from the Kickstarter campaign goes straight to impact sessions. So it goes direct to coaches. It goes direct to people in, you know, not great circumstances. So, Absolutely. And I'll make sure to leave email address details and stuff kind of in the description. People can get in touch. And I know that'll hopefully a few, even if a couple of people do, that's, that's brilliant. And, and just Owen, a final question for you. What is your favorite thing about tennis? Oh, I love a good wall. <laughs> I was just thinking about this earlier on, like I, I love tennis. I love, you know, obviously, um, but I, I love that the smiles that it brings to people's faces. It's not really so much about me on the court, but uh, I, I just I remember like being a kid and I think it was Ty Glam. I, I had a couple of great coaches, John McHugh, Marceline Gordon. And uh, I have to mention my, my old PE teacher, Fanula Burke, who told me I had to be a tennis coach because I was misbehaving in TY tennis but anyway but I remember Ty Lamb coming down and, and it was revolutionary for me at the time he showed me how to hit a few um, balls against a wall and to do a different a few different routines and it just yeah I think we used to have um, one of the walls in the house thankfully uh, is a wall with no windows but it has nothing but these stupid stones pebble dash as was the style at the time 
and I think I broke I, I took every piece of pebble dash off that wall so I just I don't know I just love hitting balls against the wall well yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's the simple things about tennis yeah I'm a simple person Adam <laughs> But you know, Owen, I'm going to leave it there. A big thanks for coming on and just telling us all about Access Tennis, about the work that it's doing, the work that you, that you have done and that you're, you're still doing. I know it's, it's really great stuff and I hope it will continue to grow as, as you kind of see that it will and all the best for it and hopefully can help out in some ways as well as it goes on. So yeah, big thanks and yeah, thanks for your time and um, yeah, all the best. Massive, massive thanks to you and everything you're doing trying to get the word of tennis out there. It's, uh, it can only grow. Big thanks once again to Alwyn O'Toole for her time with this episode. Thank you as well for listening to this episode. I'd really encourage you to check out the description of this episode to get all the information about how you can get in touch, how you can help out and get involved with the Access Tennis Foundation. I'm sure you'll agree that it's amazing work. It's a great cause to get involved with and I'd encourage you to do so if you can at all. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Please do share it around to anybody else who you think might enjoy this episode or may be able to help out. Until next time, I've been Adam and goodbye.